Hello and welcome to Titanic Tottenham with your host James Mervyn and Daryl Wadsworth. Daryl, been a bit of a disappointing run of form since our last podcast. Obviously, both of us have been quite busy coming back from uni and this is the first episode we've recorded since, but an awful lot's happened since then. Yeah. Well, first of all, James, good to be back on the podcast. Um, first one of the new year, so starting 2021 off. Pretty shit. <laughs> pretty shit, yeah. Um, pretty average after last night's result, but it's good to look ahead now and uh, see what we can build on from there. But last night's game, very disappointing. Uh, what did you think of it? Uh, well, so basically we're just recording um, post-Fulham. Uh, me and Dara watched the game last night and basically we've just been... Oh, it's actually kind of hard to watch just all that enthusiasm and positivity that I had at the start of the seasons just kind of evaporating and eroding quite slowly. I think you mentioned on Twitter as well a few weeks ago that the game plan's understandable when we're playing the likes of Arsenal, Man City, like the, the big heavy hitters in games where we need to start winning, the likes of Chelsea as well. But the football that we've been playing on against the, the teams like your Wolves, your Crystal Palaces, etc. They're not one-off. It's become quite a theme. And we need to beat these teams to try and be in contention for the league because the league's wide open this year. Like, we beat United 6-1 and now they're sitting top of the league, Darrell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's just the way the season's <coughs> going. It's been a crazy season. But you mentioned them lesser games in the Premier League. It hasn't just been Premier League games we've struggled against lesser opposition. Look at the Europa League. Yeah. We almost didn't make it out of the qualification we're struggling against teams from Bulgaria and so on and so forth. But I just think, I was saying to you last night about it, it's all about finding the balance. And the balance just hasn't been found yet. Start of the season, we're scoring goals, free-flowing football, blowing teams away. And then the West Ham game hits. And it just seems, since then, it just seems like the players have retracted into their shell. They go 1-0 up and it's the same stuff. It's Groundhog Day again every week, every day. Yeah. Um, because we're going one nil up, we're sitting back, sitting back, sitting back, and you know what's coming because the the opposition just have a stronghold <laughs> in the game, and they're coming like last night we were making Fulham look like Man City. Yeah, you know? this, that second half against Fulham last night was actually really embarrassing. But it's interesting to, to hear you say though that it's been a common theme since West Ham because I thought after that West Ham game we really did get a reaction, mm-hmm. and we did go on a good run of form, and it seemed like my new style of play was working against. The heavy hitters because after that West Ham game we had a really tough run of form like mm-hmm. these are the games yeah, true. where we true. should have went back to playing that attractive almost attacking counter football you know counter attacking mm-hmm. football um so yeah it's just it's, it's been really depressing watching us defend against teams we should really be steamrolling is what I'm trying to say um well since since we went top <coughs> of the league against Arsenal Seems like a lifetime ago now. Um, drew to Palace, lost to Liverpool, lost to Leicester, drew the Wolves, and we drew beat Leeds. We beat Leeds, but we've beat we've also drew with Fulham as well. You know, one one and six is not good enough for a team that's meant to be challenging for the league title. And I know that probably wasn't the intention at the start of the season, but when we're up there, I just feel like the league this season is there for the taking. I feel like yeah, definitely agree. Liverpool and Man United, they're not going to be winning every week. City, they've put together a bit of a good form at the minute, but if we can just pick up points against these lesser teams, there's no reason why we can't be pushed for the league title because we're getting results against the big teams. It's so frustrating. Well, Darrell, here's the thing, right? Liverpool have this injury crisis. They've had Alisson out for an extended period of time. The Van Dijk, who's one of their key men, 
it's like taking the brown out of that city team. They're not going to be playing the same. Mm-hmm. And you know, we got we got the really a really good positive result against a fully fit city squad, which on paper where you look at it, if you want a challenge, you need to beat them home or away. We've done it home, and then you look at Liverpool. We had chances in that game which we didn't mm-hmm. capitalize on, and we ended up losing the game. But it seems to be a common theme now with Spurs, where every single game we're playing now, the first twenty minutes of a game, or we get the the start of the second half, we get like a good chance, but we just blow it. We don't yeah. capitalize on it. I think that's maybe a bit. You can't say the players haven't been clinical enough because Kane and Son have been absolutely incredible this season, breaking all records. We do create chances, but. I just don't think the midfield, the midfield and the defence are letting us down as well because they're not taking control of the game. I said this to you last night, do you remember? We never keep the ball. We oh. cannot keep the ball. We need, a, we need a player in there and Dombley needs to drop back in the centre midfield as an eight and we need someone ahead of him. He can't be the creator and the midfielder, you know what I mean? Yeah. We need someone who's going to be able to take the ball. Like an Ericsson, but obviously... Ericsson, when he, prime when he, Ericsson. Prime Ericsson, yes, Prime Ericsson. But I just feel like... We need someone who can hold the ball, keep the ball, because every time they get it, it's instant panic. Yeah. And kick it long, this thing, Dyer and Alderweire will do, and Sanchez, every time they get it, it's hoofed up the pitch. And I'm not I'm not being funny, I don't really see Kane winning much flick-ons. But do you know the thing is as well, but years ago, when it was first signed Alderweire, remember those balls Alderweire was playing, and the player was always on the end of him, was Dele Alli. Yeah, that's what he's sitting, he's sitting on the bench. A runner, a runner from midfield, someone yeah. who's going to open up defences, move, or too static. Like last night, that midfield picking was absolutely shocking against Fulham. To have Winks, Hoiberg, Sissoko, and Undumbele in midfield, I just don't think that works. You, you mentioned as well before the game, you were actually thought that Harry Winks wanted to start on the side too, so... yeah. I was kind of disappointed to see him kind of like being bullied and losing control of the midfield because obviously for years now there's been hype of Harry Winks and he needs to start taking these chances. He's not a young star anymore. He should be a player now in that team. Mm-hmm. But I mentioned on the podcast as well a few weeks ago that I asked you the question actually, are we becoming too reliant on Son and Kane? And you said that we weren't because you look at Liverpool, etc. all top yeah. teams to create, but... Also, when you look at top teams, they have other players who can chip in and get you those results when things aren't going your way. On the bench, we've got Dali Ali, we've got Bale with Vinicius. Like, why are we not using those players on the Mourinho? Like, we need someone outside of Kane. Sissoko plays last night to the 75th minute. Why? Why is Sissoko playing to the 75th minute when we're drawing one each against Fulham, you know? Yeah. I I think the point I'm trying to get in as well, like, you look at most top teams right like so Liverpool have a good front three you've got Man City they have a good front three they're, they're fluid with each other we've just got Son and Kane and obviously Bergvine came in there yeah he was good for his work rate but, but I mean, you also said he, he final was, product he was the, statistically the worst finisher yeah, there you the go. first finisher in the league and these stats were as recent as just after the Liverpool game it might have changed since then Yeah. but I mean the fact that we have one of the worst finishers in the league usually starting in our front three yeah. It's just not good enough because if we've got someone in there who can finish their chances, we're we're gaining, we're not we're not dropping these points. We're going and scoring more than one goal, more yeah. than two goals every game. You know what I mean? Because Son and Kane, if they just have another partner there, if Bale can just get fit or Deli Ali gets given a chance, which I can't see it. I think he's on his way out now. But it just see? it's it's frustrating being a Spurs fan at the minute because everyone can see what's wrong with the team apart from Jose Mourinho. 
And I'm a I'm a backer of Jose Mourinho. I love Jose Mourinho, but he just needs to stop being so stop arrogant. Wise. Yes, arrogant and ignorant, and see the team for what it is, and realize we are not good enough to sit back and defend Leeds against these lesser teams, because it just doesn't work. It kills us. And if the fans were in the ground last night and in the grounds the past few weeks, I don't yeah, think they they'd be standing for it either. But the thing is, Darrell, right, we always criticised Mauricio Pochettino for his late substitutions in games. Seems to be a recurrent theme now in Jose Mourinho. And when, when Mourinho first came in, he was actually quite pragmatic with his substitutions. Yeah. We look back to his first Champions League match, he took Dali, or Art Dyer off after what, the first 15 minutes. Yeah. Like I want to see that ruthless side to him because mm-hmm. it increases healthy competition. And Eric Dyer came back actually stronger from being took out of the side. He learned from it. Well, Jose Mourinho didn't get off his seat <coughs> last night until they equalised. No animation from him at all until we've conceded. And this is a yeah. few times this has happened as well. See, the thing I think with Mourinho was, like, we had chances to take the game to Fulham. It could have been very easily, like, 2 or 3 nil up within the first 15 minutes. But with more clinical finishing. Mm. So, is he kind of, like, just stuck in his ways and stubborn because... But been more about this by rival fans, yeah, the likes of Chelsea fans and United fans, that he is quite stubborn in his ways and he's not pragmatic enough. It'll, it'll, be, it'll be happy for a while and then you'll eventually fall out with him and you'll yeah. not want him anymore. But I just feel like maybe Mourinho still hasn't got the players that he fully wants. Yeah, I seen him last night saying about the defense individual errors again. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and, and realistically, I think I don't think Jose Mourinho is wanting to pick a team. That involves the likes of Sanchez and and Winks, and them sort of players. I think he's he give him another transfer window maybe, to get more players in. But yeah. he's got to be doing better with the squad he has at the minute. I know we're only, <coughs> what is it, six points, six points off top now. Yeah. Um, we're only six points off top, and are we still in the top four? Top, we're we're, we're we're sixth at the minute, so we are. We're sixth at the minute, are we? That's, but the, the most disappointing. But I mean, it's tight. We're two points off, two points off fourth, but I think. It just look at the running that we've had the easier teams. Yeah, we yeah, should be we should be top, which is frustrating. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, Sheffield United up next, which should be on paper you would imagine to win because after we play Sheffield United, it's it's a we welcome Liverpool. Yeah, listen, Darrell. Obviously, there's been a lot of negative things to take following Spurs recently, but also let's not forget we've got the League Cup final yeah. against yeah. Man City in April, which is really good question i wanted to ask you is do you think it's better to play city in the new date of april or would it have been better to play them in february oh i think definitely april hope one to get the fans back <coughs> hopefully i think that would give us a massive massive boost having the fans back in the ground um and i also feel like playing man city right now would not be ideal or in the near future because they're on the best form yeah when i look at the league now and i'm watching man city play i think they are i think they'll they'll win the league to be honest, I still have a hope we can do it, but I mean, it's, it's, just, 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 it's just the life of a Spurs fan and not like living in hope. Yeah. But I think Man City will probably win the league, and I think it's going to be very, very tough in the final against them. But I mean, we've had their number before. Yeah, we've that's got, very true. Traditionally, we do well against Man City, but they are notorious winners of the League Cup. Yeah, that's usually the cup that they win where they build their whole season round. Yeah. But the thing is, now with that cup, it used to be always in January or February. Yeah. Quite yeah. early on in the season they built momentum. So when it comes to April, they might do quite well in the FA Cup. They might be pushing in the mm. league and the Champions League. No, I think City will be full strength that day no matter what. Yeah. 
I mean, it's a cup final. It doesn't matter, really, unless they're in a serious competition yeah. the next week. I think. I mean, look at Man City's squad anyway. It's always going to be strong, no matter who's playing. Yeah. Listen, I think when it comes to the League Cup, we'll cross that bridge when, come, when we come to it. But January transfer windows open as well. Mm-hmm. We've mentioned about how bad the defence has been, especially from the likes of set pieces. I said to you yesterday, if Jan Vertonghen <coughs> was in that side from, you know, like prime Jan Vertonghen from years ago, with Alderweireld, it would have been the perfect ring of setup. Oh, yeah. Obviously, Vertonghen's, you know, left the Benfica. Now, he wasn't the same player the past year, two years he was at Spurs. And we've been linked with this guy who plays for South Korea, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he's a teammate of uh, Sons in the centre-back. He's nicknamed the Monster. Six foot three. Um, <clears throat> is he an option do you think we should maybe look at in January? Obviously, we've got Joe Roden as well, who's kind of yeah. been a forgotten man. He had an actual really good game, I thought, against um, in the FA Cup. Yeah, well, any time he's been on the pitch, he's actually Marine, kept yeah. a clean sheet. I know it's not been long, but still something, isn't it? But I think definitely a centre-back is needed. Someone who Jose Mourinho can trust, someone the fans can trust, because I don't think the fans have trust in Sanchez. Yeah, they don't. I don't think any Spurs fan would be able to tell you that they fully believe Sanchez could do the job in defence. Dyer, he has been improved this season, but he's still got the mistake in him. He's, yeah, I agree. And Alderweireld is, is ageing now as well. But I just feel like if we can get a good centre-back in... We need a good partnership yeah. to build a defence round. Because the full-backs, I have no problems with the full-backs. Mm-hmm. At the minute, with Regalon and Aurier. Um, even Ben Davis, when he comes in to do a job, he's doing he's okay. Quite, I actually think having Regalon has been having competition for Ben Davis yeah. because we've seen the best of him. Yeah, Matt Doherty has been, been okay. Still the best to come, hopefully, from him. He hasn't. Well, yeah, the, the best is to come, but actually I think he's pushed on Sergio Aurier this year. Mm. Yeah, he's pushed on Sergio This is the thing, the competition's good. And if we can just get healthy competition for the centre-backs and the attacking midfield, because that's what we're missing out the most, I think, this transfer window. I think we need an, a, a creative, creative midfielder. midfielder. And ideally, another forward. But we've already got Lucas, Bergman and Bale. So, and Dele Alli, technically. Well, so, I don't think we'll be seeing a forward. I don't even think we'll be seeing any incomings this transfer window, to be honest with you. After that transfer window, we went without sending a player a whole year. I've just no faith we're ever going to do any good business really in transfer windows. I think that summer was a shock to me when we done all the end dealings. Yeah. And when we look at him, we could have got Jack Rudy. She was our main man. Yeah, would have been great. I or think Dybala the year before. Yeah. I think there's going to be a lot of outcomes before we see incomings. I think maybe at a push we might send one or two players maybe. Yeah, maybe I think one possibly. At a push, but the same It'll be, time... definitely be more outgoings like you say. Yeah, the same time too though. I think Levy should recognise we're six points off top. I know. Like, why not just give the man the money for the likes of uh, Nathan Milan's at their back screener if he wants your boy? Sabitza. From uh, Leipzig. Leipzig, go get him. If they want the other boy from South Korea, go get them. Like, how many years have we been like, off oh, on a signed this player? Yeah, well, would have been it. there. Always the bridesmaid, never the bride, isn't that it, the Spurs? Yeah, that's very true. We're always so close, we can almost touch it, and then it just gets ripped away because we don't, we don't build, we don't build on anything. But now's the time. I think especially been in this League Cup final too yeah like surely go and get it oh, we've just so much we've, we've got a, a lot of positives though and like in reality though Darrell we've got that League Cup final with an easy enough draw with Wolfsburger in the Europa League with an easy enough draw with Wickham in the FA Cup yeah as well like there's no we've plenty of time for squad rotation and if Mourinho thinks that 
he can't immediately drop them in the Premier League or Europa League games and you've got the likes of the League Cup you've got the likes of the FA Cup and it hasn't been I mean 1-1-6 one, one since going top of the league isn't great but I mean we've only been beaten once in the league since then was yeah. it Liverpool just? Liverpool yeah so, Liverpool I mean, and Leicester Liverpool and Leicester so if we can turn these draws into wins that's the thing yeah, because that's the, thing. that's the marginal difference if we're winning these games 1-0 then the fans are on board. They're buying it. If we're going stand up near the top of the league, we're winning these games 1-0. Yeah, it might be ugly, but we'll take it. Yeah. It's the fact we're letting it slip and we're drawn. This is causing the issues. Yeah, I'm still fully behind Jose Mourinho, and I really want him to succeed at Spurs. But he needs to be able to find this balance to be able to kill the games and change a draw into a win and gain us three points. I think he needs his own defensive players, and the defensive players that he have. He has brought in have made a real impact like yeah. of Regulon yeah Bird. Regulon's been brilliant um, from what I've seen of him Roden like so maybe it would be a case of Levy actually trusting him to bring in what he wants Yeah. and we'll see a slightly improved imagine the scenes four, of yeah. Sergio Ramos slots in there that'd be, that'd be something wouldn't it yeah, that's, that's an interesting uh, potential incoming in January is is uh, Ramos not a hope not a, not a mission Sergio Ramos will come to us but well, you know, yeah, there was Mario. contact with Mourinho and um, a Real Madrid player, mm. so it was talks of either Ramos or Modric. Yeah, well, we're, all, we're also linked Modric is strongly. that creative player we could have yeah. been dealing with as well, like we need in the squad. We're also strongly linked with another Real Madrid centre-back, Ed Militao. I've seen we've been linked with him <laughs> as well. Can't say I've seen too much of him, but I mean, no matter what, if Jose wants a player, I'm sure he's up to the quality to bring him in. Yeah, another um, potential incoming, which would be quite a shock considering... His exit left a bit of a bad taste in our mouths was Ericsson. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been talk of a, a three-way deal almost in the same fashion how Arsenal got a Bamiang a few years ago where a player moves to another club which enables a player to go to another mm-hmm. club, if that makes sense. I think in that deal it involved uh, a Bamiang going to Arsenal but Giroud needed to go to Chelsea first and Batshuayi needed to go to Palace. Yeah, that's right. I can't remember. So I think it's the kind of going to be the same situation here with Ericsson that we would sign him if PSG can get Dali Alley and they can get a player they don't want on their books. Obviously, a really big outgoing this year would be Dali Alley on them to PSG. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Pochettino, congratulations to him last night. It was good from, well, us kind of to see Pochettino win a mm-hmm. trophy, like after all the, the things he'd done for the club. Um, he is very heavily linked with Dali Alley. Um, I think it would be a good move for him because... I think with, with Spurs, he had to play Dali Alley in that deeper midfield role mm-hmm. when Dembele left Tottenham. So I think now if he went to PSG, we'd probably see a lot more... A, a, create, a more creative Dali Alley. A lot Alley. more flair. Yeah. A lot more freedom and flair. <clears throat> so I think alone would be quite beneficial for him too. Mm-hmm. That's I think the only major outgoing. Yeah, I think that would be a decent move from Dali Alley. I don't want him to leave. I can't even really picture him at a different club. It seems weird, even the thought of it. I can picture him on loan. Yeah, but I, I just, I would love him to recapture his form because if he hits form, then that's an extra ten goals at least. Yeah. And you're getting assists as well as along with it, along with it. So if we can just get him back in the squad and doing well, I think Mourinho's been very harsh on him. I think he deserves more of a chance, but at the end of the day, I don't see what the players do every day in training. I don't see their attitudes, but I just think. In this current team, we're crying out for an attacking midfielder, yeah. and Dali Alley on form would be the man to do that. I think he would be bringing goals, assists, flair, excitement to the fans, 
and if he can find that form for us, it would be incredible. But it looks like he's on his way out, unfortunately. Yeah, I think with um Dele Alli, he has been missing that sort of creative flair. But it's also quite interesting for me to note that he's kind of lost that eye of the tiger. When Dele Alli first came into the Spurs squad, he was aggressive. He was in people's faces. He was wanting to win. Mm-hmm. Every time he kind of loses the ball, it's just kind of seems half-arsed about it, doesn't he? Yeah. So maybe that's kind of... Although it would be beneficial for him, if he goes into the PSG side with Mbappe, Neymar, um, we've got loads of... Di Maria. Like, yeah, Di Maria, Verratti, the likes of those players, they'll push him. To, you know, he, he, I need to justify being an attacking side. Yeah. You know? So listen, Darla, pretty much wraps up the podcast. Um, sorry to all our listeners um, that we haven't kind of done one in a wee while we've been up to our eyeballs kind of with travelling back to England and university work but we do appreciate everyone who has listened to the podcast interacted and engaged with us on Twitter at the end of the day it's a podcast for the fans by the fans and we just love chatting all things Tottenham um, until next time you can follow me on Twitter at James M Mervin. you can follow Dolo, Darla Twitter at you can follow me on Twitter at Wadsworth under slash <coughs> sport and the official Twitter page for the account is at Titanic Spurs, or you can follow us on Instagram at Titanic Tottenham. Thanks again. Bye.